Hi all, welcome to Table Talk. My name is Jay Wegener and I'll be your host for this hour. We had a uh, guest host lined up, but he was unable to make it, and uh, so I'm going to try this single, see how it goes. I have to say that uh, being in Minneapolis-St. Paul, we're at an exciting time of the year. Leagues are starting up and the bigger tournaments are starting. Of course, we always have ample weekly tournaments with the uh, five main pool rooms here. But the weekly tournaments are always something special. And, of course, providing those weekly tournaments is the MPA, Midwest Pool Players Association. They uh, put on weekly tournaments at different rooms and also have large casino tournaments throughout the season. So it's an exciting time right here in Minneapolis-St. Paul to get involved with pool. If you are not in a league and happen to be listening to this, uh, you certainly can go to any, any pool room in Minneapolis-St. Paul and find a team to play on. I'm sure the league director will get you on a team if you're wanting to play. You can also check with M8, uh, Ultimate Pool League. Excuse me, they've changed their name, the Ultimate Pool League. And if you're in the surrounding Minnesota areas, uh, certainly most, most area bars do have leagues. So you can just go to your favorite bar and check and see if they are sponsoring leagues this year. I think that uh, I should run through the five main rooms in Minneapolis once again. We are so privileged to have these five real good rooms. Everyone is wonderful to go to. Uh, let's talk about Jimmy's Pro Billiards first, owned by former professional Jimmy Wetch, or I guess he would still be considered professional Jimmy Wetch, uh, who in the 90s kind of tore up the Pro Tour and was the young and up-and-comer up before the Tour kind of fell apart. He, uh, he has a room that once again has the leagues and has, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think how many tables he has. He has uh, 13, 18, 22 tables, if I remember right, 22 tables, including uh, 10 7-foot diamonds, 3 9-foot diamonds, 5 9-foot Brunswick tables, and a couple valley coin ops, a 10 and a 12 foot snooker. So he has one of the few, or if not the only, uh, it must be the only one, the only 12 foot snooker table in town. And they do have a golf game going on most days. The, uh, the rates are real good, but I won't get into that. He does have a food menu and he advertises how he has 22 gourmet burgers with 
beer, wine, and of course sodas. He's located in Columbia Heights, and I believe he's having the tournaments on, uh, well, I was thinking on Tuesday night, but I do not see where, where they would be. So, I guess we're not going to, we're not going to get into that. Uh, just down the road from Jimmy's is Two Stooges. Now, Two Stooges has been around for, oh boy, 25 years, I'm guessing. They just started out with a different name, University Billiards. And they are in a 25,000 square foot building. And at one time, oh, I'm thinking they had 55, 60 tables. Currently, uh, they are called Two Stooges. Two Stooges Sports Bar. They have 43 pool tables and 25 TVs. Oh, my. I wonder where that one's coming from. So, i got to figure out how to uh, turn down the sound on that. Hmm. That was kind of unusual. Well, 25, 45, 43 tables and 25 TVs. They do have pull tabs, more. They have a full menu. They have a full bar. They are usually full most of the time. And in fact, I think the kickoff, in fact, the kickoff for the MPA Tour, the first tournament is at Two Stooges, and it'll be on this upcoming Saturday, Saturday the 27th, the season opener for the 2014-15 MPA season. There's $1,500 added, $1,500 added, I said that correctly, we, we are so lucky in this area to have such good added money both in casinos and local room tournaments and MPA has made that possible to jack it up even more. They are having four different classifications. I, if you're a master double A player your entry is $50 and that's a separate tournament all by itself. We have the A division with a $40 entry the B division with a $30 entry, and a C division with a $30 entry. The doors on that date will open at 10 o'clock a.m., and sign-up is from 10 until noon. You'll be playing on 30 diamond 7-foot tables, and that's at Two Stooges Bar and Grill in Fridley on this Saturday. So make sure that you get to the first tournament of the year. Usually they have on the opener about 150, 160 players. This is a great opener, has been a great opener every year.
it's a one-day tournament so there's no additional expenses for staying overnight or whatever you start in the morning and you finish in the evening with enough tables to do so it, it makes it uh, logistically very easy I believe they may be having a Calcutta for the upper division for the master double-a division so once again, this Saturday, September 27th, $1,500 at Two Stooges, four divisions. Doors open at 10 o'clock and sign up from 10 to noon. I believe you can also go to the MPA site. And the uh, website is called mpapool.com. Once again, mpapool.com. Dot com. You probably, uh, well, I guess I'm looking on the website. It looks like, yes, you can register on the website. So if you're interested in participating, wonderful tournament, four divisions. Anybody can play, anybody can win. We're playing eight ball on the seven foot diamond tables, double elimination tournament. So that's the kickoff for the year at Two Stooges. Everybody has a good time. And then, just around the corner from Two Stooges, is CR Billiards. And CR Billiards, you know, I always said this owner was the smartest owner among all the different pool room owners here and the fact that he actually built his own building 20 some years ago and so he has probably less overhead than everybody else consequently he can bring pool at a good price and a good location to everyone And also, CR Sports Bar is it called in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, another suburb. They will be having the stop number two on the MPA tour. And this also is a $1,500 added tournament. Once again, just like the Stooges uh, arrangement. We have four divisions, Master AA with an entry fee of $50, A with an entry of $40, the B division with an entry of $30, and the C division with an entry of $30. The doors will open at 10 with a noon start once again. So right away we have two immediate tournaments from the MPA happening on the 27th the season opener at Two Stooges and October 4th one week later at Sierra Sports Bar in Coon Rapids both $1500 tournaments on the October 5th 
we are blessed with a satellite a satellite tournament for the WPBA and the satellite is called the North Star Ladies Pool Tour. This is the third tournament that they've put on and so it is the same day I notice as the CR Sports Bar Tournament but this one is for the ladies only. It's being held at Shooters Billiards Club in Burnsville, Minnesota. The doors open at 10 o'clock there, sign-ups between 10 and 10.45, and they're scheduled for an 11 a.m. start. This is singles for women, and they're playing nine ball on the nine-foot table. No exempt pros allowed. That means that the WPBA top 32 ranked players cannot play. The entry fee is $40 and the green fees are included in the entry fee. You can get a WPBA membership if you would like $25 as an optional fee. There is a dress code, casual, conservative, nice jeans, pants, shirt and shoes. Preliminary rounds are going to be in a round robin format and the finals will be in a double elimination. Pre-registration is encouraged but not necessary. You can uh, email you can email the North Star Ladies Pool Tour at nslpt dot info at gmail.com if you'd like any more information. So that gives us September 27th, October 4th, and October 5th for upcoming tournaments. I will throw in that uh, the following week at Shooters that will be the third stop of the MPA tour and once again that is a $1,500 added singles tournament. Same format as CR Billiards and Two Stooges. And while we're talking about shooters I might as well tell a little bit about that pool room. It has, uh, I believe it has 64 tables. It might have 62 tables now. It's certainly the largest in Minnesota and probably one of the largest in the country. They're a Brunswick room, Brunswick 9-foot, 8-foot room, but they have 12 Yes, 12 diamond seven footers. So, and they have one diamond nine foot, which gets a lot of play. They also have a full service menu with homemade 
soups and daily specials. They have a full bar, so they do have mixed drinks. They have 20 TVs. Once again, they're taking sign-ups for, for pool leagues. And they have the weekly tournaments, just like all the rooms in the area have. So, Shooters is another great place to go play pool. They're located on the south side of Minneapolis, south side Minneapolis suburb. And while we're on the south side, we should talk, I guess, about Farmington Billiards. Now, they're a little further south, but once again, they... Uh, are doing their leagues including the UPL Ultimate Pool League. I should say that most of the leagues around here uh, we're real lucky because we have leagues in the VNEA format, we have leagues in the I'm sorry VNEA Valley National 8 Ball Association format, we have leagues in the BCAPL format, we have leagues in the BCAPL, BCA Players League for those who need to know what the uh, letters stand for. We have ACS Leagues, American Q Sport Association. We have the Ultimate Pool League. We, of course, have the APA Leagues. We don't really, at this point, have really any the tap leagues or any of the newer leagues coming into existence. But certainly there are leagues that we have that you can qualify just by paying the entry fee. You can play in one league and actually qualify for most most of the different national tournaments which is always great fun. I, I'm just having a little trouble with the... the. Uh, it always used to be go to Las Vegas in May and, and that's where pool was and that's where if you were a pool player that's where you'd be. But now it's kind of just going to different areas and at different times which I kind of like actually. In fact I remember when when the BCA, Billiard Congress of America, used to have a different location every year for their league events. It was always fun traveling to the different rooms, different cities, different things to do when you weren't playing, a lot of good sightseeing. I, I did enjoy that. If we hop back to the north end of town, we have Biff's Sports Bar. Biff's Sports Bar has exclusively bar tables and is a hotbed for league pool also. So on the north end there's three three big rooms. On the south end there's two big rooms. There's always somebody to play in this area. I feel so blessed 
moving to Minneapolis with my family is is the competition here is better than any place I've been in the United States with the exception maybe of Texas but Texas covers such a large area my goodness there's a lot of good players down there but there's a lot of good players up here too Someday I'll go through the national champions, national masters, national grandmasters, etc. And be interesting to count the amount of, of really, really good players that we have here. Well, I've talked about the different tournaments in the different rooms. I think I'm just going to take a little break here and then when I come back I'm going to talk about some questions I get when I'm teaching pool. So take a little break. I'm going to have a little dead air and then I'll come back on. Thank you. All right, welcome back to Table Talk. I'm your host, Jay Wagoner. I also am an instructor. I was kind of figuring it out about a week ago as I'm making some new posters. I've been playing pool for over 50 years, and I've been instructing for over 30 years. Consequently, I've run across most scenarios, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about questions that people always ask me aside from the number one question and I'm sorry I can't do it on air is how to bank a ball. Everybody wants to know how to bank before they even learn how to cut for some reason. No idea why. But that can't be done on radio so I'm not even going to attempt it. One of the big questions always is do I look at the cue ball or do I look at the object ball last? Always a good question. Always something that needs to be talked about because people get wrong ideas, I believe. My opinion is it doesn't matter. If you're more comfortable looking at the cue ball on the shot, then that's what you do. If you're more comfortable looking at the object ball on the shot, then that's what you do. I don't think that there's anything set in wood. I will say that a lot of people look at the object ball last. That doesn't necessarily make it 100%. Sometimes on balls frozen to the rail, I notice a lot of people look at the cue ball last. It doesn't matter. And the reason I say it doesn't matter is because this is when your muscle memory comes into play. As you get more proficient as playing, your muscles remember your stance and remember your stroke. When your muscles do that, 
once you have done the aiming and getting ready to hit, you can close your eyes and I can predict that you will hit the cue ball not only where you want to, but onto the object ball where you want to hit it. And that all has to do with muscle memory. So when you're talking about a beginning player, the same thing holds true even though they don't have muscle memory. If they are more comfortable looking at the cue ball, then that's what you should do. If you're more comfortable looking at the object ball, that's what you should do. There's a lot of misinterpretation about that. And I personally don't go to other instructors, so I don't know what they instruct. But I will tell you from my experience and from the students I've taught, it doesn't matter which one you look at. And in fact, once you get muscle memory and a stroke, you don't even need to look at either ball. You can shut your eyes and you can do just fine. I hope that explains the answer to that. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts or, or want to just write me about that answer, you can certainly uh, email me at one, the number one, tabletalk at gmail.com. One, tabletalk at gmail.com. Muscle memory is the key and being comfortable. You have to be comfortable on every shot. That means in balance, feeling good, and hopefully you're listening to those inner demons when they're saying something is wrong, something is wrong. Get away from the shot, get away from the shot, something's wrong. Because if that demon is yelling at you, if that little thing in your brain is hollering, then you need to get away from the shot. And you need to go through your pre-shot routine once again and get ready to make the ball. Pre-shot routine also comes up all the time. And the other one is... <laughs> And I've gone way back into the early 80s with this one. In fact, I did used to argue with uh, instructors because American instructors at that time would tell me that you had to use a closed bridge. Closed bridge. And I said, no, no, you use an open bridge and a closed bridge, whichever is more comfortable. I also call the open bridge, back in the 80s, I called it the accuracy bridge, which I see now is caught on. Now what bridge do you use for what shot? Doesn't matter. Once again, it's up to the player's confidence and comfort level that they're shooting at. When I'm playing, 
I will go down and let's say that I use I go down into a closed bridge now don't ask me why I go into a closed bridge I just do so I've gotten down on the shot closed bridge and something is yelling at me it's uncomfortable well I get back up again go back down and this time an open bridge and lo and behold it's comfortable this time so now I know I'm ready to shoot the shot we have to listen to those those inner voices telling us what's comfortable what isn't and of course to get to that point we need to hit a lot of balls nobody 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 gets good without practice and I'm not necessarily saying practice setting up shots or practice doing this drill or that drill everybody 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 needs to make balls that's the number one that's why we started playing this game in the first place we all wanted to make balls and the more balls we made the better we felt about it and even today I know when I pull off a great shot and that makes my heart sing that makes my day making that great shot as I've gotten up in years I've probably forgotten it but I still can make the great shot every now and then and it still makes my day shooting pool just like it does for everybody winning is also very important as you play a long time pool is a social game APA leagues have made it very social UPL leagues have made it very social in fact I think most leagues are a social thing it isn't like back in the 80s when when you won national trips and so on that that pool was very very intense league pool was very intense I, I I don't believe that's real true so much today it can be intense and it can be intense in the bigger money leagues that are there for the money for the most part I think most players nowadays just are playing to get qualified for the state and national events or they're there for the league league ending events and hopefully they can get a trophy social I, I got a little off on a tangent there but I was talking about muscle memory and the importance of and training yourself for that muscle memory in fact when I'm in shooting mode I can in fact know where my muscles line up just by the bridge of my left hand on the table so I can get down in position to make the ball I can shut my eyes stand up and leave just my left bridge hand on the table take the cue out of the bridge stand up 
put it back in the bridge, get back down into stance, and make the ball. That's muscle memory. Give it a try sometime. See how close you are. Let your mind work and get yourself. It's a, it's a quick way of teaching yourself muscle memory and where you need to be. And once you have that muscle memory down, your body will tell you things that you didn't know if you listen. And it'll tell you when you're out of balance. It'll tell you when you're off on your shot. As long as you have the muscle memory to understand what it's saying. One of the other questions I get is, is or, or I see happening is people just shooting way too fast and they can't slow down and usually what that ha what that means is that they do not have a good pre-shot routine and when I talk about pre-shot routine this is all the things that you do before you address the cue ball to make a shot and play position those two items go hand in hand make a shot play position the last thought in your shooting pre-shot routine is where your cue ball is going not making the shot once you think about where your cue ball is headed you have then already made the shot in your brain shooting too fast adapt a really good pre-shot routine make sure you use it constantly if you wonder what a pre-shot routine is I think my best suggestion is go to some of the pro players on YouTube and watch what they do they will always stand in the line of their shot that's the thinking area they're thinking about what to do where to play the cue ball where to play the object ball that's where the thinking is done lots of times while you're chalking your cue that's where your thinking is done you then approach on the line you should be standing in your line the line of the cue ball to the object ball if you can't see the line of the object ball to the pocket take a look at it some players like to actually pat the table where they want the cue ball to be it helps plant it in their brain better and and the amount of stroke they need to make that happen gives them an insight to how much spin or English or where they need to hit the cue ball to get the cue ball to that position on the table for their next shot so thinking is standing up walking in on the line going down into your stance taking practice strokes two or three or four and then if everything is looking good we stroke on our last warm-up stroke and stop our q-tip close to the cue ball this is our last chance to pull away from the shot I'm not a big fan of stopping in the backswing I think you lose your rhythm, your flavor of speed by stopping in the backstroke. I'd rather have you 
stop at the cue ball with your Q-tip and then have a full pendulum swing. I'm not saying that you can't stop in the backstroke. I'm just saying I think it makes it harder. Although I will also include that it might make your forward last forward stroke easier. Straighter, so to speak. So if we stop the Q-tip at the cue ball, we then lock. That means you are locked in to making that ball. That is your thought. You're locked in on where to hit the cue ball. You're locked in on your position play. You're locked in to complete the shot. Once again, if your body is hollering at you at this point, this is your last chance. If it is hollering, get away from the shot. Start all over with your pre-shot routine. So, do your thinking standing up. Do your shooting bent over. In position. Stop. Lock slow backswing, accelerate forward with the cue, and drop. Stop, lock, and drop. Those are my terms for completing the shot. So if you're playing too fast, that just means you aren't putting enough thought and don't have a routine that you need to follow. I also play a golf game almost every week and I'm amazed at players that can't can't or don't look at shot percentage. In, in, in the game of golf you take a lot of crazy shots. Oh dear. Well, somebody's whistling at me. I'm going to take a little break here. I'm going to come back and talk about shot percentages. Thank you for listening to Table Talk. Be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Table Talk. This is your host, Jay Wagoner. And we've been talking about cue ball, object ball, which one to look at last, muscle memory, what to do with people who shoot too fast, and pre-shot routine. Well, one of the other things that come up and actually one of the things that made my game a ton better was when somebody pulled me aside and said, don't take chances like you're taking figure out the percentage that you make that shot. And is your percentage better making the shot or is your percentage better playing safe? So I was saying I play golf usually once a week and that game gives us many opportunities to make crazy shots. Low percentage crazy shots. And it really bothers me when I see players that have been playing this game for a couple years 
and they take a low percentage shot versus a high percentage sellout, meaning enabling the opponent following you, the person following you, to make their ball in their hole and have a chance to run out and win the game. If you have a 20% shot versus a 100% sellout, should you really be taking that shot? That's a question you have to ask yourself and a question you have to put on your shots. Now most people say, well, I don't know what my percentage is on this shot. Well, I'll tell you what, you can find out real quick, set it up 10 times and find out what your percentage is. I was told back in the 70s, I was told if it's not a 85, 90% shot, you don't shoot it. Well, I don't know that if I necessarily agree with that anymore, but I will agree if I have a 80% shot and a 100% safe, even though I'm giving up the table, I probably will go for the safe. I'm not talking the safe where you can kick an easy one rail or a, an easier two-rail kick. I'm talking a lockup safe. If I can do a 100% lockup safe, I'm playing that all day long because I can get out with ball in hand. I necessarily can't get out with an 80% shot. So percentages are important and just start assigning those percentages. Just if you, if you don't know what they are, as I said, do a drill on that shot. Most people think that uh, they should play a long rail bank. Now, if you're a pro, probably you should play a long rail bank. But if you're not a pro, if you're a league player, if you're a A player, B player, C player, you're probably having a you probably have a pretty low percentage on that bank and probably you're going to sell out. Consequently, you should not be taking that bank. You should be finding the safe to play. I know safeties are a, a, a bad subject for a lot of players, especially players coming in because once again we all want to make balls. Well, to win games we don't necessarily go for balls. To be social we go for balls. If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Be social. But if you want to win in this game, you need to think percentages. You need to find out what's comfortable for you to shoot at, what's not comfortable. Percentages are a key to better shooting and the quicker you think shots in a percentage mind percentage mode the better you'll become faster you know sometimes I'll be going right along and I'll be shooting just fine and the bottom will fall out I'll get up on a shot I've shot thousands of times and all of a sudden something happens 
I lose confidence. Some people have that happen on the eight ball a lot, but for me it can happen anytime. One of the keys I've found when that happens is I always think about my stroke and being true to my stroke. I also fake it. If you're unconfident, if you're not confident in the shot, chances are you're going to miss. So you have to overcome that lack of confidence. And the only way to overcome that lack of confidence is faking it. Sometimes we just fake it. We pretend and we try to convince ourselves that we're confident in the shot even though we aren't. Hitting it hard is one of the worst things you can do because that's when your mechanics go and fall apart. Where if we have a steady, sure stroke, we increase our chances to make that. We also increase our chances to gain our confidence back. But when we do lose the confidence, you have to fake it. You can't all of a sudden quit shooting because you're not confident anymore. You can only spend so long getting up and down on the shot because your body is hollering at you. So at one point, you have to take the shot. For me, when that would happen, you could always... I could always tell and I knew for me because that's when I would walk around the table. I would call it my laps around the table. And I don't care what other people are looking at and thinking and I don't know if the shot looks easy or hard to the spectators or people that are watching. All I know is that I'm getting my confidence and I'm faking it getting back to the table and I'm going to shoot I have to have the resolve to shoot the shot so I'm telling myself that I'm confident even though I really am not and because I do that my percentage of makes is very high in that area rather than just getting down not feeling confident and shooting anyway and probably missing because I did that for a while until I learned how to fake it and once I faked the confidence then guess what my confidence grows back and I get the confidence again to shoot well so if you, if that happens to you yes 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 fake your confidence I know this has been kind of a teaching uh, day to day Hopefully I won't do that too often. I'm sure some of you are bored to tears. But it was kind of fun for me because I rehash things that uh, I talk about when I'm teaching. If you are interested in lessons, I am more than happy to give lessons. You can reach me through Table Talk here. Once again, the address, the web address, internet address, 
is one, the number one, table talk, one table talk at gmail.com. One table talk, gmail.com. If you have any questions or want uh, anything for me to talk about during this program, I'd be happy to take some of your questions. I'd be happy to respond. If you're interested in sitting with me and doing an hour talking about pool in the cities or talking about pool in general, I'd be more than happy to entertain the idea of you being a guest host. I have a couple guest hosts lined up. Uh, it should be great fun. I don't want to reveal their names now, but they're both, uh, well, they're both very, very good players from the area. And it's kind of, it'll be kind of exciting to talk to both of them and see their views on pool, the pro world, etc. But for right now, I thank you for listening. I can't say it's been easy doing an hour by myself. I will look forward to the guest host coming back. But thank you for listening, and you have a good day. Make sure you get to those tournaments, the upcoming MPA tournaments. All right. Bye.